it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not to three. Hello, I'm Charles and this is It's All Cobblers to Me. After what can only be described as the greatest podcast meetup of all time, I'm delighted to welcome Danny Brothers, Neil Edgerton and somebody that wasn't there, Chessie Coleman. Slightly harsh on poor Chessie wasn't there. Well, she wasn't there. It's just factual. <laughs> Are you trying to say that Friday night was better than half-time against Salford, Charles? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> what happened right. to half-time at Salford, Charles? Uh, was this where he had to go on Babs's Baps? Right. <laughs> well, let's, let's keep him guessing, Danny. <laughs> that was at Salford, wasn't it? That was at Salford, yes, you're right. It was Babs's Pies, not her Babs. Um, <laughs> Are you sure it was Babs's Pies? It was Babs's sure. Baps. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was Babs, yeah. Yeah, right. Should we Google it? No, let's it's not. a dangerous Google. <laughs> That's very true. Judging by the gifts that have been flying around our WhatsApp group tonight, yes, it is very dangerous. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, guys. How are you all doing? Wonderful, thank Slightly you. Slightly horse, Charles Burke getting there. To his horse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we're all in the same boat, aren't we? This week, um, none of us, yes. none of our voices are very clear. Chessie's is very distant. What a happy boat that is. Have we all recovered from Friday night? Uh, yes. Yes, fully recovered. 
bar the voice situation, Charles. <laughs> I'd say so, yeah. The voices are telling everything that we need to know, really, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> it was a great night, but before we start talking about that, there is still a chance for you to win two tickets to a Cobblers home game. All you need to do is fill in our 2020 listener survey. You'll find the link to the survey in the description for the podcast on Twitter, on Facebook. Uh, we'll put it out there along with the episode. Make sure you just go and fill that in. Let us know what you think of the podcast and what we can do differently or better or how we can make it more, I don't know, more something that you'll want to listen to and tell your mates to listen to it even more than you do already. And you'll be in with a chance as long as you put your name and email address on the survey of winning uh, two tickets to the Cobblers game of your choice at home either this season or next. Uh, The survey is going to be open for another couple of weeks and then once the survey is done we will then go and put a raffle out there and we'll get our winner for the tickets. Um, So now that we've done all of that Charles? um, Yes Neil? Will it be an actual (laughs) raffle? An actual (laughs) raffle, yes. Also, where, where are you going to put it, Charlie? So you're going to put on, it out there. Where, where's the it going to be in the bush? <laughs> will, will there be other prizes? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Be a bottle of wine. A box of chocolates. Um, a night out with Neil. A pair of worn, <laughs> pair of worn Ash Taylor shorts. <laughs> Definite booby prize there. Uh, uh, yes. So uh, just the tickets, I'm afraid. And uh, dinner with Neil. I'm Chris Freestone, and it's all cobblers to me. Come on, let's. We've got to talk about it and start there, haven't we? What a night for the Cobblers and anyone connected with Northampton, full stop. Yes, it was good. I think we, a missed opportunity a little bit, I think, just to put a dampener on things, I guess. Um, right off the bat, <laughs> um, <laughs> negative nip. <laughs> the positivity police are on their way. It was good and it was a good, it's a it was an, an enjoyable. It was a good kickoff time, wasn't it, on a Friday night? That eight o'clock. Yeah, it gives you a good few hours in the pub. I, I was thinking, did you mean kickoff time? Is in when all the uh, the Derby lads walked into the Walter Tull. <laughs> oh, what were they singing? Derby Army, Derby Army, Derby Army, and then they started swearing. They did. We left. <laughs> Not for us. Yeah, they took over the Walter Tull a bit, didn't they? The Derby fans. A little bit. Them in their Stone Island jackets. Oh, there was so much Stone Island, wasn't there? It was. I've never seen so much Stone Island outside of a Stone Island shop. Stone Island, LS, Fila. What was the what were the jackets with the glasses on? Because I'd never seen them before. They're Stone Island. Were, they're Stone yeah. Island. Yeah, you you were amazed, weren't you? This was completely new to me, and you, this is was it a jacket with some goggles? Sort of so, See, goggles, like flight, flight goggles. I mean, never seen anything like it. <laughs> Because you're not one of the lads, 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 Danny. Well, exactly, exactly. Yeah, it was a bit odd, wasn't it? I mean, they, yeah, they had a nice time though. But it was good, wasn't it? It was a good performance, good, great atmosphere. Oh, brilliant atmosphere! As you can probably tell by our voice, that um, we uh, we contributed to that a little bit. I think. I like to think we aided aided it a little aided bit. it abetted. <laughs> yeah, thought it was one of the best ones actually for a long time. And it was reminiscent of Bristol Rovers in '98. Charles, come on. It was. No, it wasn't at that it, was. it wasn't at that level. It wasn't. It was reminiscent. I didn't say it was at the level. I said it was reminiscent. No, but, but by bringing that up, you're almost comparing it to that. And I don't think it belongs in the same league. Really? 
Nah, I, not, I think not quite. Do, do, would you not go ahead and say it's probably the best atmosphere we've had at Sixfield since Bristol Rovers '98? Uh, it's it's definitely in the top few, yeah. But I, I struggle to remember all the games. I struggle to remember <laughs> last there, week. There, there's been a few. Oxford Oxford Survival Day was a brilliant that was atmosphere. A good atmosphere. Yeah, that was a great atmosphere because we knew we were going to do it as soon as we scored. That that was a really good atmosphere that day, and that was fairly recently, wasn't it? 2014, 15, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, Stevenage at home when we won. Was it two nil? Mm. That was okay. Okay. <laughs> there's, been a few, yeah. there's been a few where we've been down at the bottom of the league and it's been a case of battling relegation and surviving in the football league, hasn't it? Yeah, but, but we've never had a full house on those occasions. I think this was, it, it just felt this was more fun, didn't it? And this was like a one-off game. We thought, well, you know, maybe yeah. we're not going to have it again like this because there's nothing really lingering on it apart from getting through to the next round. Um and if it was that case of if we do it, then it's going to go absolutely crazy. Um, and if we don't, we'll go home and probably just forget about it. But I don't know. That was the th- that was the thing, wasn't it, Danny? Yeah. It was that type of game where we were so relaxed because we knew effectively we had nothing to lose by playing it, and possibly a lot to gain. So I think that did a lot for the fans and did a lot for the players as well because actually you know, what was the harm in losing 4-0 to Derby? Well, not much, because their confidence is high. It wasn't going to do anything for the league, really. Yet, we've come away with a 0-0 draw, which actually on paper sounds awful, but it's fantastic for the club, financially for a start. So, I think it's, a, it was you know, it was that kind of game that just stands out for many reasons. Not forgetting that we're, we're still unbeaten at home in 2020. And we're still in the cup. And we're, we're still in the cup. Yeah, we're still in the hat for the two, fifth round. Fighting on two fronts, though. It's a good job we went out of the other one, wasn't it? The EFL Champions League, otherwise we'd be oh, crikey. playing Could you Tuesday imagine Thursday? the fixture pile up there? Pep would be <laughs> having a meltdown. On, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'd have had to play the youngsters, wouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> and still one. Yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I really, 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 I cannot emphasise this enough. I really enjoyed Friday night. The whole, the whole lot of it. Every, literally, from the moment I woke up on Friday morning, I was hyped. There was something about that day when I just felt excited for going to the football, and and I do look forward to going to matches. Um, but Friday was a different kind of feeling. It, it mm. was, it was strange. And I, I mean, in the times before when we've played big opposition like when we've had Man United for the League Cup uh, a few years ago. I, I went to that and I didn't quite have the same sort of feeling. This, Like you've kind of said, you guys have said in the pod for the last few weeks, this felt like a winnable cup tie. Yeah, and it, that's exactly what it is, isn't it? It's, the fact that it was winnable just made it that, that gave you that little bit of hope that made that atmosphere a little bit even better than it would have been. I mean, I mean it was good against Man United and stuff, but it, there was always that sense that we're probably going to lose because they've got superstars on the pitch. Um, with this one, it felt like, and um, we usually could have just nicked one, mm. uh, like Vidane hit the bar, uh, we had a couple of goal scrambles, um, but they didn't really trouble us or anything. And we could easily have won that game. And there was that sense before the game, I think, that I, th- I think we re- do really well as underdogs, as Cobblers, and as Cobblers fans. And as a club, we we do well going into a game as an underdog. And I think that spirit was just around the ground, wasn't it, before the game? Mm. I think that the way that we played as well, because I don't want to, 
I don't want to make a huge romance out of it at all because we essentially played the same tactics, same style of play as we do every week in League Two. The difference is or was that Derby are used to playing against teams in the championship each week who like to try and play it out from the back, want to be passing the ball all the way around the pitch. Um and, and creating chances through basically giving nice little through balls and and being creative, I say in inverted commas. We we just basically punted it up for Vidane and Willow just to to chase down and, and to try and get something, or gave it out wide late on to Sam Hoskins for him to do an amazing forty yard run, um, and then <laughs> and then, and then, then boot it into the north stand. Um, yeah, I, yeah, he made up the ground though, didn't he? Well, he did. I mean, I, look, up the pitch. <laughs> I don't want to say anything negative about any of them because they were all to a man brilliant. Um, but yeah, if, if you just do think. If only there was that that one killer pass or cross or, you know, bit of composure. Verdane, when he hit the bar early on, I mean, I'd kind of forgot he hit the bar because realistically, when you look at it back, he's not really, he's just tried to poke it into the net. And, and for some reason, it's gone up more than it has straight, if that makes sense. And you, you do think, what if? Because if we'd scored that, I think we'd have gone on and won fairly comfortably. I said that to Sean watching it. I said to him, when that happened, actually, when Verdane hit the bar, I said, if we get a goal, we'll be able to go for this. It, it would, The game would have opened up a little bit more for us, I think. I think we were in a position where um, the Derby didn't really look interested. Um, we looked like we wanted it more. Um, and we were, we were going for it at, at that point. And I think you're right. If if Verdane had scored or any of them had scored, their backs would have been right up and we'd, we'd have we'd have come away with a winner thing. I, I thought um, Derby were terrible. I expected, I, I, whether I had heightened expectations because they're in the championship or I don't know, maybe it was a, a really off day for them, I don't know, but they, I, I genuinely thought they were, they were really, really poor. For, for a championship club, there was no point in the game where they overstretched us or whether they had, I mean, they didn't even have a shot on target. No. It's incredible. No, it was one of Dyer's like easiest games, wasn't it? So. Yeah, like and it's, it's, I mean, I don't know what they were expecting as well. You come into a League Two side, it, it, there's no, we don't hide the style of football we play or or the type the type of football we play. There's, it's not the cleverest of football, but it's effective at this level. We're not going to change it for for Derby, are we? And it's like I just thought they were really poor, and, and I, I thought even you know, and I know they rested a few players and stuff, but I mean they still had. I mean Rooney on the pitch. Who was seemed to me Rooney. Uh, I, it, I don't think he did much at all, and I, I felt it, it. I mean, I don't know how he's played for Derby in in league games and stuff, and maybe they just didn't fancy it on Friday night. But he seems like a very, very expensive luxury, and uh, just to ping a couple of balls across the park here or there. I, I, I didn't get it. I just thought they were really poor. I thought their fans were really poor as well. They were they were really quiet. I, th- I think for, the thing for me with Wayne Rooney was that you could see he was a better class than anybody else on that pitch. The occasional balls that he was playing, the passes that he was finding, I I don't think anybody else on the pitch could have found them. However, the fact is, as you say, Neil, he he didn't run the game. He didn't, you know, there was nothing there that said he was going to ever carve us open, create anything big that was really going to, you know, really hurt us. And the, the more the game went on, the less he did. I mean, it, it just seemed like, like like you're saying, an expensive luxury. Whether that is the case every single week, I don't know. 
what you've got to remember with Wayne Rooney, um, which actually we can say for um, for lots of teams, when you buy a player like that, what you have to take into consideration is the fact that they are about 10 yards ahead of every other player that they're playing with alongside because they've got that experience. And uh, as you say, like his natural ability is so much further on than than his peers that actually he's too far ahead of his own teammates. So where he's thinking of a pass, they're too far behind. So actually, he is a real luxury, like Neil's saying, but as well, it means that you're reliant on the other players being near to or as good as you. And because Derby aren't, he kind of does, they don't get the best out of him because it's all too much for the others to cope with. Like they can't cope with his pace and they can't cope with his intelligence on the ball and therefore it's not effective. You said, Neil, that that Derby rested a few players. I mean, realistically, when you look at it, the only two big players that they did rest out of their squad were Tom Huddleston and Dwayne Holmes. Those were the two players that you would say that normally on a championship game, they would be, you know, definitely on the team sheet. Everybody else, Philip Koku seems to like to do a bit of rotation. We heard from our Derby fan last week in the uh, in the preview podcast that, yeah, Philip Koku does like to use his entire squad and rotates quite often. They don't even seem to know what their own first eleven is. I don't think you could say that they'd put a reserve side out or anything like that. It was pretty much a team that you would still expect Derby to actually put out in a game in the championship. Yeah, no, I don't think it was their reserve team or anything. I, I, I just I expected more from them. I thought they were they were really poor. They just didn't look interested, did they? No, I think it was partly partly that, but also partly we just didn't let them play. And I get the feeling some teams in the championship probably do let them play, and they get that space to uh, for really to exploit and stuff. But we just didn't let them. We didn't give them the space. We didn't give them the, the time of the ball. Um, and even Michael Harriman, I thought he had a great game and. Cole was talking about him afterwards, so it's singling him out, and I thought that was that was good because we all we were all thinking how we're we going to cover for Scott Wharton, but the fact he's come in and he was probably perfect for the role in some ways because he's is more of a grounded footballer and it's, he can spot things and intercept things. He's not going to be as physical as Wharton is, but for a team like Derby, it's probably probably good that he's come in and I thought he did I thought he did really well. BT made a big thing about um, Harriman being out of position as well. Um, so actually, I think it was quite good for him to make a great account of himself because actually that was a big talking point and I think they were going to try and focus on that had he made a couple of howlers, but he didn't. He performed really consistently. So they had an angle and it fell apart because actually we, we outplayed really for m- m- the majority of the game. It would be remiss of us, I think, if we didn't, quickly mention the fact that Derby did have one chance in the game. Um, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, we all know what we're going to say, but um, Charlie Good, he got away with one, didn't he? Yeah. I mean, it was on... Um, it was on Marriott, so it didn't matter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I loved, I loved on Twitter. So afterwards, like BT Sport tweeted out saying a very lucky escape for the cobblers and, and put a video out there of the incident. Matt Nickel took it upon himself to basically just, I, I don't know where, how serious he's being or whether he is just really, really winding up and, and, and having a good fishing expedition with the Derby fans. But I mean, his initial tweet was to say contact initiated by Marriott he runs into good um, and, and he gets which, which is true 
It which is, is true. true. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't mean I, it's not foul, though. No, I know. But I mean, I love the fact that he goes on for a good... There's, there's a whole thread of this, about 10 tweets between him and a few Derby fans. Basically, him saying that, no, 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 there was obstruction by Marriott first. <laughs> the thing is, you when you look at decisions like that, um, it's kind of epitomizes our season, the way our season's going at the moment, doesn't it? Because actually, on any other day against any other team with any other referee, we'd have been down to 10 men instantly and that would have caused chaos. But there's something going right at the club at the moment and with this squad that they seem to just be on that high and confidence and getting results, but also getting a little bit of luck on the way. And we haven't had that for years. So it's actually quite nice. Yeah, he should have been sent off. Hook, line and sinker, like he should have gone. But, you know, sometimes it happens. Who cares? You know, Derby Derby next week when we play them could quite the same get a, a result like that that goes for them and against us. So you have to look at it like that. You have to look at it with a pinch of salt, don't yeah, you? Yeah, quite a few people were sort of saying that maybe it evened out what was Scott Wharton's red card against Leighton Orient. Exactly. So... There is a bit of now I mean, look, that that if we quickly talk about that, I mean, I at the time was like fuming. I thought that's never a red card for Scott Wharton. I don't quite understand what's really happened. In hindsight, looking back at it, I, I can't really argue. And as much like the club have said, you know, they regretfully didn't appeal that red card decision because essentially there was no video evidence that that fully supported that there was a mistake that had been made. The question is going to be, do, do we put Scott Wharton back in or do we keep Michael Harriman in there? Because he, he obviously did very, very well against championship opposition. So why change it? He'd be hard done by if we did put Scott Wharton back in. I think Scott Wharton's brilliant. But Harriman, I think, would feel hard done by if his place was taken by Scott Wharton on reflection of his performance. So I think it's a big decision for Keith Curl to make. I think it will depend, it will depend on how the next few games go, I think. Yeah, there's obviously two more games that... Uh, Scott Wharton's got to sit out, isn't there? Scunthorpe on Tuesday night and then Macclesfield on Saturday. Um, yeah, who knows what's going to happen in those two games. And, and you never know, one of those games, Mike Ham might have a howler um, and, and leave Curl with no choice but to bring Scott Wharton back in. I hope that doesn't happen, obviously. Um, but I, I do think that this is going to give not just the team as a whole, a hell of a lot of confidence, but but Michael Harriman especially, considering he was out of position and, you know, he, he did play so well up against um, what is quite a formidable pair of strikers that, that Derby actually had. There was never really a point where I was that worried. Um, I think the most worrying part of the whole game for me, other than Charlie Good's fantastic tackle on Jack Marriott right at the beginning, um, was the free kick you know, right at the right end, at the end yeah. that Wayne Rooney was yeah. stood over. And I mean, it was too far out for him to shoot, but there was still that element of doubt in your mind going, this is going to be it, isn't it? We're going to have done all of that and then Derby are going to score. Yeah. Yeah, it's, cause, it's just because of the timing yeah. of it, wasn't it? It's was like right the last second. But, it, it, you know, we should have won that game. It, it, if we'd had a, a little bit more up, up top, and, that, and that's not to do to do uh, Verdane or Williams a disservice because I thought they both were brilliant. They, they, Derby could not handle Verdane Oliver in the first no. half. He, he, he ran them. <clears throat> but I think if we just had a little bit more of a killer pass up front, um, 
then we would have won that. You've even got to look at the, the impact that the subs made. I mean, I know that he rested Hoskins, didn't he? And on the Tuesday. He came in fresh. He had, what, at least two magical runs down the down the wing, didn't he? And unfortunately, he couldn't find the cross that was necessary to put us ahead in the game. But um, Morgan Roberts came on and replaced Nicky Adams, and he had mm. one run down the left-hand side that put the ball across that could have resulted in a goal. I mean, that's, that's Morgan Roberts, who was most recently on loan at Rushton and Diamonds, for goodness sake almost tearing their right back, a, a new one. I, I really like Morgan Roberts, actually. Um, I feel like he should have probably been in, in and around the squad for, for a lot of the season, but it does look like he's getting the chance now. But I was looking at this, I mean, all the subs that came on, you mentioned the subs that I was kind of thinking, as, as all of them came on, there's an FA Cup story here in every single one. You know, if if you know, Warburton comes on, he's this player who's been plucked out of non-league at, the age of what twenty seven is he? Um, mm. No, this is his big chance. You've got Morgan Roberts coming on, to youth product. Um, uh, Pollock, sorry, yeah, Pollock you know, that tells its story in its own right. The hashtag United stuff. I, I thought as soon as they came onto the pitch, I thought oh, if they nick the winner here, that's that's the FA Cup story of the weekend, and you know that's the that's what we're going to go with. But um, good to see. I think subs actually coming on and having a good impact, and I'd like. I'm interested to see where where the likes of uh, Roberts and Pollock go from here now. The one other thing that we've got to mention about Friday night was the tribute and protest, I suppose you would call it, um, in the 19th minute for Harry Dunn. I I thought to a man, every single person in that stadium, Derby County fans included, were excellent. Um, It was probably one of the... that, that, That left a bit of a, you know, heart in mouth kind of thing for me I don't know about you guys but I I felt very proud in that moment it came across so well on the tv as well it really did and you could really hear that we were trying to make a point and um it it did come across beautifully really and I think that that epitomizes those kinds of games and actually league two clubs and and below are about communities and you know this is a big part of our community at the moment and the fact that we were able to show it on such a big stage was was really fitting for the cause yeah it's just a few hours earlier as well wasn't it that the big that the decision was made in america again that um was it that she's not going to be coming back they won't um, extradite her as things stand yeah. they won't extradite her back um it's just it's it's ridiculous and you just got to feel for that family um that have gone through so much and you know hopefully it what happened on Friday night was some sort of comfort to them. I'm sure it was, but um, you just you just want to see it action taken, don't you? Because it's just you just can't imagine what they're going through. So um, just I'm I'm glad we got that moment, especially with it being on on BT and on national coverage and stuff. Um, glad the TV showed it. Glad um, Derby fans joined in as well. Um, yeah, just just glad that we got to got to do that. Harry's dad and a couple of other volunteers were down at the stadium. Um, they were trying to raise uh, money and awareness, obviously, um, of the campaign for justice for Harry. Um, they, they raised £1,400 um, through selling wristbands and ribbons, green ribbons. And I, I think that's absolutely brilliant, um, the amount of money that's been raised there in just one evening. Um, so well done to everyone for that as well. I'm Nicky Adams, and it's all cobblers to me. So thoughts turn then to the replay 
um, which has now been announced, hasn't it, that it will be on Tuesday the 3rd of February, 4th of February. It's, I think they've put provisionally so far, haven't they? Yeah, it's not been official yet. I think what they've done, they know it's going to be the Tuesday or Wednesday, but they also know the draws on Monday night. So they're putting season ticket members on sale on Monday, aren't they? Um, obviously trying to catch as many people as they can before the draw is made. Because if you end up going and getting like, Portsmouth away in the fifth round, then obviously there's not going to be as, as big a pickup as there would have been. Um, so I think that's quite probably the right thing to do for the club's sake, I think. Fair enough. Well, we've been allocated 5,303 tickets. Um, they're priced at £15 for adults which i think is actually really really quite reasonable i mean that's going to be really good and obviously we've got the draw that is happening on monday night we're recording on sunday night at the moment this podcast will probably be out on tuesday morning we don't know what the draw is going to be at this stage but we should be looking at doing another sort of mk dons style replay shouldn't we we should definitely sell out that allocation i think we will uh i'm not so sure Ooh. it depends on the draw a lot doesn't it i think go on neil why aren't you sure Danny's right. I think it will massively depend on who who we get drawn against. I think who the carrot is. Yeah, exactly. You don't <laughs> want to bring my carrot up again. But. <laughs> I think if it's you know if, if if we get I don't know Portsmouth away as opposed to Man City away, it, it's going to because if you get a huge huge team away or at home, then you always get people going. That always adds that extra interest, but also you'll get people going that don't usually go just in case that enables them to get a ticket for that game. Mm. Not that it ever does, but don't tell them that. Who do we want in the fifth round then? Is there anybody that stands out? Uh, Reading or Cardiff City, Charles, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> no, it's, it's a, I, I want to go away next, I think. I think that worth, for monetary reasons if for nothing else. Um, does does you know. the money, in terms of the money though, does the fact that we were televised not make up for the, you know, not getting the huge away allocation, if that makes it, the sharing of the of the ticket sales, isn't that partly what, what kind of happens with the TV money is that it makes up for that loss? Uh, potentially, but I wouldn't have thought if you're at the Etihad or Old Trafford, that would True. be... Surely that surely that's going to be bigger than the TV money, but I think either way, I think whatever happens for me, if if we do end up beating Derby, then that's another huge. You know, we've had a replay and we've got gate receipts from that. Um, we've had TV. There's potentially we may have TV again. Not quite sure if that will happen or not. But if we get through to the fifth round of the FA Cup, then that's just it's huge, isn't it, for the club? Um, it's next step and that that may be why we end up taking quite a few a couple of thousand three or four thousand over there because it is such a massive occasion and whoever we get in the draw if if that carrot's there at that of the fifth round of the of the fa cup and that's i mean to me that's ridiculous like we it doesn't happen to us so well, no, the last um, time it did happen never, was in 1970 so well, exactly but um but when when we had that draw against um Man United, we knew that we were going to play them after Rotherham, mm. didn't we? And that I remember that Rotherham night more than I do the Man United game. Yeah. So um, it might be that people go with thinking, you know, let's go and have that moment. It's quite testament to um, how well we've done in the FA Cup because I distinctly remember them announcing before the season started that the FA Cup fifth round um, fixtures would not be at the weekend. And I remember clear as day looking at that article and thinking, oh, well, that doesn't matter to us. And it's like, hang on a minute. 
if there's a there's a there's a possibility a strong possibility that we could be in that fifth round because actually I think we can do this so it's it is just ridiculous it's, it's ridiculous, it's ridiculous to think we're sat here <laughs> discussing the fifth round of the FA Cup <laughs> and and also yeah un, under Keith Curl <laughs> who we all wanted to sack <laughs> about six months ago. <laughs> Less Six than months that. ago, Three you want to see all the Steve the WhatsApp yeah. messages from December. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! You did what? Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> you did. You did definitely. Uh, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, look, it's it's the fifth round of the FA Cup. Potentially, um, you know, we've got to say that um, there, there's been quite a lot of other, you know, decent results. I think in terms of, um, you know what could potentially be fifth round ties um, for us if we get through over this weekend. Um, I mean, you know, earlier on today, for example, um, United beat Tranmere 6-0. Yes, there was a mention of the fact that the last time Man United scored six goals in the FA Cup was when, Danny? Uh, Georgie Best, 72, was it? Indeed. Yeah, 8-2. Yeah, bit of a mention but yes, that. Uh, that got yeah. a mention on BT Sport this afternoon. I'm um, bored of them though. I've had enough of Man United. I don't want them again. Yeah, yeah I'm sick bit... of it. Absolutely sick to death of it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> right, you played them like twice in your lifetime, Chessie. I'm just sick of the whole thing that's going on with Man United at the moment. I think it's appalling. Oh, oh fair enough. Um, the only real team that have, have, have shown any kind of... Um, Arsenal. Uh, yeah, indeed, Dean Austin uh, is uh, Shrewsbury coming back back from two 0 down um, to draw two all at home to Liverpool. Um, I mean, obviously they won't go through at Anfield. I, I I find that very difficult to believe that that could happen. He's playing the kids, um, though, isn't it? Because it's in the winter break, so you don't know. Isn't it nice to see one of our um, ex centre backs from last season doing so well? Bye, Ash. Bye, Ash. <laughs> there was one moment when Aaron Pierre could have actually scored in that game and it was a bit... I was like, go on! And then he missed. Uh, anyway, I want an answer from all of you. Who do you want in the fifth round? I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but who do you want? Danny? Uh, Tottenham away. Okay. Chessie? I, w- I would agree with Danny. Either Tottenham away or Man United, uh, Man City away. Needs to be away. Okay. Neil? Uh, Spurs away for me, Spurs yeah. Away. No. You see, I, I'm. I think I want. I want somebody that we can beat. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Charles I, is it, on it's the all road changed road. now. Charles is going to win. It's all changed. <laughs> it's all changed for me now. It's not about getting like Man City away or you know and having a big day out at a big payday. It's about how can we win the FA Cup. <laughs> that is where it is in my head now, and I am literally going right. Who could we beat? Smith at home. Come on. How much on. have you had to drink? over I, the last I've not three had, day period not, celebrating I've Derby. not had anything I've not had anything since Friday and and look I, I mean it I, I think if we got somebody <laughs> like like Portsmouth at home it's a winnable tie and then suddenly you're in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup <laughs> I, I can't help it that's the way I feel now I'm now thinking more about how do we get further in the competition than I am thinking about how much money can we earn by a big away day just, uh, I mean, I'm not being funny, but I really don't want to go to Man City away anymore and get thumped seven nil. I, I do. just don't want that. Yeah, no, I fun. don't. Why? 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 Like, look at look at today's game at City. City played Fulham today in the FA Cup. Within what was it? Six minutes. Six minutes. 
Fulham have had a man sent off and are down to 1-0. That cup tie was over for every single Fulham fan that had made that journey six minutes into the game. It was like 2013 and Bradford at Wembley all over again. With um, 1,500 to 1, Charles, if you want to... Are we? You can get get 2,000 in some places, 2,000 to 1. I'm with you, Charles. Thank you, Neil. Oh, God, not you as well. (laughs) Yeah, I'm with Charles. Who do we want? You want Portsmouth at home then, don't you? Coventry at home. Oh, please don't. Please don't. Coventry at home would be good. Coventry at home. Take Coventry at home in this round. Take Portsmouth in the quarters. At home, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, take... Bear bear in mind, you get to the semis, you're at Wembley. So Take Man United in the semi-finals. Because you're Cardiff in the semis. Yeah. Man United aren't making the semi-finals, Chessie. Crikey. That is very true. <laughs> I love that Charles is so apoplectic about Man United reaching the semi-finals. That convinced <laughs> that the conference are going to win it. O- <laughs> Oxford, Oxford in the final. <laughs> it's like England's route to the World Cup semi-final, isn't it? <laughs> oh, dear. I, I, I generally don't care how you win it. You've got to play. You've got to play what's in front of you. <laughs> there is very few lower teams left now, yeah. though, isn't there? There's, there's Sheffield Wednesday, Portsmouth. So hang on, uh, Championship League One, Shrewsbury, yeah. League One. Well, Shrewsbury. <laughs> well, there's no, but they're still in the cup. Like they're still in the draw, so they're in the in the draw. Yeah, they're not okay. going to be uh, in. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Oxford. Yeah. That would be such a are rubbish draw. Are, are, if we got are Oxford those. through? No. No, they drew 0-0 at Newcastle. Yeah, okay, result. Result. yeah okay. Uh, Reading, Cardiff, Coventry, Birmingham. All of your uh, favourite towns, Neil, I'm sure. <laughs> West, West Brom. I'll tell you what wouldn't be a bad shout, Newcastle. Oh, no, we went there, we went there the other yeah, year, got, didn't we? Got Lost 4-1, one, one. yeah, 4-1 thumping. Yeah, he scored, that, he scored the goal that day. Don't want to go back there. Rico. Did he? Rico, yeah. Penalty, yeah. So two games coming up this week for the Cobblers. First of all, we're at home back at Sixfields against Kevin Van Veen. And because we're just doing one pod this week, we're just going to get some quick predictions starting with you, Danny. 2-2. Two, two. They've had a couple of 2-2s two, in the last few games, so I'm going for another one. 2-2. Two, two. Uh, both had goals from Kevin Van Veen own goals. <laughs> we wish. Uh, Chessie? I think we're going to win 2-1 uh, and I think Verdane is going to score. And uh, Van Veen is going to go up for a corner to defend it and he's going to smash it into the back of the net of an, as an own goal. It'd be hilarious. I think there'll be a pitch invasion if he scores an own goal. Actually, I think Charlie Goode might wind him up so he gets sent off. That'd be the funniest thing. Oh, that would be that good. That would be really good. That, 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 I, I prefer that, actually. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go... I'm going to go one all. I, I think we're going to be tired after, you know, the last week. Um, one all draw I think um, Andy Williams will get a goal for us and for them um, the referee will score because I don't want any of those <laughs> players scoring <laughs> Neil Scunthorpe's 3-0 uh, Cobblers good man all three goals by Sam Hoskins nope Mark Marshall hat trick oh, oh Mark Marshall bit of a mention good mention of course. Um, okay, so um, we'll be back in a minute. We're going to go and speak to a Macclesfield fan right now, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about Macclesfield a little bit more. So see you in a minute. 
So I'm joined now by Macclesfield fan Nick Campbell-Kelly. How are you doing, Nick? You okay? I'm well, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Good result the weekend. So uh, yeah, I'm, 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 in a, I'm in a good mood. Good stuff. And a really cracking goal as well, I hear. Well, if, if you haven't, you should definitely go and see it again on Sky Sports. Yeah. So tell us about your season since we last met. So it's been a bit of a, well, I, I mean, to a certain extent, it's like living week to week at the minute. For the last 12 months, we seem to have a uh, a monthly uh, visit to the High Court for the latest winding up petition. We've obviously got through now three managers in one season and then been a couple of caretakers in between. Um, and, and still we managed to, to just keep going. I mean, if you'd said to me six weeks ago, we'd still have a, a, a club now that's still functioning in the league I think I would have thought you, you, you'd, you'd lost the plot but somehow <laughs> we just seem to manage just 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 surviving week to week and then we, we go into the next week and just wonder what, what life's going to throw at us really So what's actually going on because the last thing that I really sort of heard about it when it was really getting you know sort of national media attention was when Sol Campbell had obviously left yep. he was saying that you know the club owed him money which I believe was mo- mainly bonuses um, that he'd not had paid for keeping you in the Football League last season. Is that still rumbling on? Is that still the same case? So, as it stands, I believe Sol is one of the guys that we, we, we owe quite a significant amount of money to. There's, there's £180,000 that seems to have been banned around in the media. Mm-hmm. The latest that we've, we've heard is, obviously, we've, we've had two games. So, the, when it hit the national press, obviously, that the players were on strike and a, a game against Crew at the time was, was, was cancelled. And that's when it was sort of really hitting the mainstream press. Yeah. Since then, we then paid the players. So, then they started playing again. And then after that, we had a uh, we had another game cancelled, but that wasn't due to lack of payment of players. That was actually a, a, we had the the ground was deemed unfit by a, a panel called the Safety Advisory Group, mm. who said that the ground wasn't fit to hold a game. So we then had to then get that certificate sorted. So we've now got a second misconduct charge coming. We've been guilty again for misconduct for the second time. We're now facing another four points deduction. So we've already had six off our, our total from the first game that we had cancelled due to the uh, the players. Uh, striking. Uh, we're now probably going to get another four points on top of that. So every point at the minute, it, it, it feels like it's just about to uh, just cancel out by another points deduction. Um, the players, uh, I believe, were paid just for New Year. Mm. Um, so they're, they're good for January, but effectively now paydays come in on the hill. So at the end, well, end of this week, and we, we sort of wait to see what happens then, really. It really is really on a month by month basis. And in the background, we believe there's some understanding that there are interested parties. They're under non-disclosure agreements, as we understand it. So we don't know who those parties are. And we, we just wait literally some sort of outcome, really, and, and some sort of further further announcement and details. So, yeah. So going back to the, the safety advisory group, my understanding was that that was the reason why Moss Rose wasn't suitable or, or prepared to, to play that match was because basically the stewards were saying that they weren't turning up or the, or the staff weren't going to turn up um, to be there at the game, which was what made it unsafe. Am I right in thinking that? I, I don't know the exact ins and outs. I know that the supporters trust had to put some money in to do some work. I don't know exactly what that constituted. We've got like a, a an old porter cabinet that's derelict and that needs to be removed. That, I think that there's one element to that. I, I don't know the exact ins and outs, but I know that now is being resolved. And I think now it was resolved temporarily, but now it's being resolved on a more permanent basis uh, over the last couple of weeks. So as far as I'm aware, but you, you never <laughs> with Macclesfield Town, nothing surprises you these days. <laughs> If we go back again then to the players and, and what happened with them striking, I, I completely 
you know, understand from a a worker's perspective, if you're not getting paid, why should you turn up to work? I completely get that. However, football's different. It just is. We all know that. So do you think, is there any element of blame that the fans have with the players for that? The fans back the players 100% in terms of what they did. Um, and, 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 and as it turns out, um, other players from last season, uh, it said that there was late payment going on during quite a majority of last season uh, and it was kind of like a siege mentality that they kept playing and yeah. they very nearly didn't play that 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 last game of the season but they wanted to try and keep us up and play that game mm. and now we absolutely fully understand why why they why they do what they do but if football's football's weird i mean if it, if I'm going to work and I don't get paid, we'd all be outside the office with with heart upturned uh, oil drums and, and and sheepskin coats on. Mm-hmm. Um, but but like you say, football's another business. But we absolutely get they've got families and these players are getting paid what five six I mean five hundred pound a week, six hundred pound a week, something like that. It, it isn't it isn't different to, to what a lot of us what what a lot of us go to work on it do on a daily basis really. Yeah, that that's right. I mean, you're talking about there. You, so you had six points deducted already. There's the potential Correct. of another four coming your way. That's an almost certainty now because that was suspended from the last one, and so obviously we had the Plymouth game cancelled. So I'm, I, I think we're all resigned to having another four points taken off. So I'm sure. Uh, Morecambe and Stevenage are rubbing their hands together at that thought. <laughs> yeah, because that will take you down to 24 points. So just one ahead of Morecambe, um, who are yeah. on 23. Stevenage have got 22 at the moment. Um, are you worried? How worried are you about relegation at this moment in time? Yes, very worried. But I've, I've got to say that, that there are shoots of... Since uh, Daryl McMahon obviously, obviously resigned and, and, and went to Dagenham and Redbridge, um, and when we're thinking, what's what's going to happen next? But since Mark Kennedy's come in, uh, there's been there's been some positive signs. Particularly in the last two games, at home form in particular, generally over the season, we're unbeaten in twelve at home. Um, has been it's been really remarkable this season. We haven't lost uh, since I think it's about the twentieth of August at home in the league. So uh, uh, yeah, I think I think to a certain extent it is a kind of a false position. Um, so. I think that's what the hope that holds us out. I mean, I'm more concerned when it comes to the, the sort of the end of the end of each month to find out if the players have been paid or not. To be honest with you, it's more it's more, more the bigger concern. So, I think I think that just watching the players and they battle every month um, and 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 the heart and soul that they see that they show every game and you think they're really in that they're they're in this. Um, and I, so yeah. I, I, I don't believe what I, I I don't think we'll go down as long as we keep playing the playing the players and obviously the the Barry situation has, has has obviously changed the complex in terms of only one one team going down this season, mm. which probably from a slightly selfish point of view may may look like a bit of a blessing in disguise that currently stands but yeah um, but we could we we could easily see ourselves going the same way as Barry and and I think probably six weeks ago I think we certainly felt that way we yeah um, until we get a new owner in I think. And, and things start looking positive and we just can't really go much further than week to week, really. OK, so let's go and look at on-the-pitch stuff then. Um, there's a couple of players that are ex-Northampton. Um, you've got striker Jacob Blythe and you've also got midfielder Jack McCourt. How are those guys getting on in a Town shirt for you? Mr Blythe is, 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 is probably taking quite a bit of stick off the fans. He works hard. Um, and, he, and he's been mainly had a supporting role. Um, he's, he's, I mean, he kind of is kind of that that target man up front. Um, and and I think he probably isn't he isn't in the same sort of league as, as Harry Smith, who obviously went to yourself over the uh, mm. over the summer. Um, I, I think Harry's a, a probably a level above above Jacob, certainly. 
Um, but Jacob struggled to break into the first team. Jack McCourt, personally, for me, has, 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 uh, has impressed me. But he's had a couple of injuries. He's, he's just had another injury. He was out for quite a while near the start, for about a couple of months, probably, maybe six weeks or that. And now he's just had picked up another injury, unfortunately. But he does control that midfield. He does sit there and, and, and he can really uh, control the game. I've been really impressed with McCourt since, since he comes to us. Yeah, definitely. Fantastic. So looking towards Saturday then, um, it's a three o'clock kickoff at Moss Rose, obviously. Last season um, wasn't a very happy game for you, but obviously well, we were pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it was, wasn't, <laughs> good, wasn't good at all, no. Are you hoping for better this time around? Uh, yeah, I, 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 my, my gut feel is I, 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 I think it could be, it could be a, a, tight, a tight affair. Um, our defence has, uh, has been very solid all, all season. Um, I, I think we've leaked, what, maybe it's only 10, 10 goals at home, something like that. Uh, in the league this season um I, so i think it'll be a tight affair um but i mean northampton have really i mean the, keith curl's done a, a super job compared to compared to last season because i think at the time when just before Seoul came in we will i think we would be potentially being linked with keith curl but then he went to yourselves uh, but he's done a super job uh really has got them playing 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 really well and and and, and banging bang right in there in the playoffs even with a potential outside chance of the automatic spots so I think it'd be a tight affair. If it isn't a draw, it'd be, I think it'd be one goal in it. I, I certainly don't see anything like last season. I, I don't see that repeating itself. Let's put it like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, I hope not anyway. <laughs> well, let me push you for a prediction then, please, Nick. What, what do you reckon the score is going to be? I'm going to go 1-1. Uh, I'm going to go 1-1. Brilliant. All right then, Nick. Thanks very much for joining us. Uh, hopefully see you on Saturday and all the best for the rest of the season. Thank you very much indeed. So on Saturday then, the boys are away at Macclesfield. Thanks very much to our Macclesfield fan there for giving us the lowdown on their terrible season so far. Um, hopefully we'll have a game on Saturday. Um, if not, that'll be a nice well-deserved break, won't it? And we'll get nice and fresh for Derby uh, in the replay. Um, one new player that, that Neil did manage to mention and shoehorn into the podcast earlier because we definitely didn't forget about him. Uh, new signing Mark Marshall. Um, good signing, guys. What do we think, Danny? Are you happy with that? Yeah, I'm quite happy. In the you know, with the thought being that he's a bit of a different type of player to what we've got already. Um, he, he, I'm not sure because he's a tricky winger, isn't he? Um, and he's, we've come up against him before, and he's given us quite a few problems from the wing. I'm not sure how he's going to fit into our wing back system, but it strikes me as someone who potentially will come off the bench and cause a few problems to tired legs. Um, we'll probably see him on Tuesday night. And yeah, I think it's a, it's a different option, which we've been crying out for. A little bit of creativity, a little bit of the unpredictableness about him. Um, so yeah, decent on a free transfer as well. So yeah. What do you think about the issue of his age, Neil? Is it an issue? No, I don't think so. Uh, it's only a six-month contract, isn't it? Until the end of the season. Uh, I assume there's probably... <clears throat> clauses in there if he plays so many games or if we achieve certain things and he, he gets a longer contract or whatnot. But I, I, it seems everyone has been saying, well, we need a winger. We need we need some creativity. We need someone that's got a few tricks or can create stuff. And that's, on the face of it, that's what he is, right? It, it didn't work for him at Gillingham. Um, but how often do we say that, it, you know, for some certain players at certain clubs, it just doesn't click. Yeah, you're right. So Macclesfield then, um, obviously a club in turmoil. They've had a points deduction already uh, for failing to put a game on. Um, one or two games that they've missed so far this season had to rearrange at the last minute due to financial issues. Um, 
Now, normally we'd be sort of saying something along the lines of, oh, Harry Smith back to face his old club. But of course, Harry Smith's injured. So that's not going to be a factor whatsoever in this match. Um, What I'd like to sort of know from you, Chessie, is whether this is going to be as easy as maybe I'm making it out to be. I don't think it's going to be, Um, especially off the back of they got a result of Forest Green, didn't they? They won, yeah, they won 2-1. Yeah, with a screamer of a goal. And they were down to 10 men as well. Um, I think we're getting to the point in the season now, especially for teams like Macclesfield, where they've had a desperate year. They they really have. And the only thing that they can possibly do is, one, try and claw themselves out of this mess, and two, put in a run of decent performances so that, that clawing themselves out of it in April, May time is easier. And actually, this is quite a dangerous time to play them because you get to after Christmas and you go through that tough run of fixtures and suddenly it hits these clubs that are right at the bottom. They're like, hang on a minute, we've got four months to save our, our league status. And for them, their club. So actually, this is, this is a, I think, a really dangerous game. And I think we'll be lucky to come away with a win. How much, Danny, do you think the, the, the replay with Derby will play on, you know, the players and, and maybe the management's you know, minds in the build-up. We had the same similar issue last week with the Leighton Orient game. Um, And I think that that maybe did get affected by the upcoming Derby game. Um, What about this time round with Macclesfield? Um, I I don't think it would really. Um, Again, probably plays down to the draw in some ways as to how that sets up the... But I've got the feeling Keith Carr is not the type of player, not the type of manager, sorry, to um, to let that get to his players. Um, he's already talked about fatigue, hasn't he? It's not a problem. People are just coming to work and they have a day off and then they come back to work again. Um, so I don't, definitely from the manager's point of view, I don't think he sees it as a problem. Um, he didn't rest too many players on Tuesday night against Orient. Um, and this will be a little bit different because it's a Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday turnaround, um, which is fairly normal it, it'll only be in the players heads but I don't I don't see Carl getting getting them too too distracted from what is still a really important league program Neil last season we obviously absolutely smashed Macclesfield um, at the Moss Rose that was mainly thanks to a Matt Crooks well four goals that he scored all in the first half uh, do you see any of our current crop of players being able to maybe dominate as well as Matt Crooks did last season uh, no, but I think the team will dominate. I was just looking at their squad. I didn't realise they've got Nathan Cameron. They've yeah. got Jacob Blythe as well, haven't they? Front. Jack McCaw. Jack McCaw, yeah. Peter Vincenti. He's been around for years, hasn't he? Journeyman. A journeyman, yeah, the, the typical journeyman. Their, their goal they scored on, on the Saturday just gone against Forest Green. I think it was from Arthur Genoa. Uh, yeah. It was a hell of a strike. Did you see it? Yeah, I did, yeah. Brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, so I think we'll win, but I don't think it'll be a... I mean, we always win, don't we, against Macclesfield? (laughs) Always. We tend to have someone who scores four goals, so Rico scored four, didn't he, as well? It's a given. We always win. It's Verdane's turn. Verdane's going to get four. I think we'll beat them. I presume it's at the Moss Rose, is it? Yeah. It is. Yeah. So yeah, I think we'll, we we always win up there as well, don't we? So it's a given we'll win (laughs) and we'll probably score four. Someone will have a great day. Maybe it'll be Sam Hoskins' turn. 
They've got a new manager, haven't they, as well? Mark Kennedy, who's been in there only a couple of weeks, uh, which is an interesting appointment, is that there's a former Man City player and I think he's done some coaching down there as well. Um, interesting first step in management for him going down to, to Macclesfield. Um, but I think I'm right in saying that was his first win in charge on Saturday, so probably a bit of a bounce still going on down there. So I feel like it's a bit more dangerous than than it could be. Okay, well, let's get our predictions then. Uh, Jesse, we'll start with you, please. Uh, I think we're going to win 1-0. I think it'll be a bit of a tight game, but I think we'll come away with a 1-0 win. Backs against the wall kind of kind of game. I think it'll be a, a, a defensive um, goal scorer as well. I think it'll just be from a corner somewhere along the line. I don't think we're going to get that much time on the ball because I think they're going to be. it's going to be quite a scrappy game. I think Charlie Goode will get it. Okay, lovely. Uh, Neil? 7-1. Cobbles. <laughs> Five from Sam Hoskins. <laughs> and two from Michael Harriman. Neil, I'm holding you personally responsible if we mess this up on Saturday. So that was five from Sam Hoskins and two from who? Michael Harriman. Michael, Har- <laughs> Michael Neil Harriman. Well done. Oh dear. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go for a three nil win. Um, and I think it will be um, another game for the midfielders. I think Nicky Adams will get one. Uh, Ryan Watson will score a screamer um, and basically just sort of turn around and tell Macclesfield that's how you score a goal. Um, and um, then a goal from, I think Morgan Roberts will score. I think he'll come on and he'll get like a, a late tap in just to seal the points and, and take us on our way to Derby uh, the following week. Um, Danny. Uh, 2-1 Cobblers of course um, Mark Marshall I think is going to start and score and the other one Sam Hoskins bicycle kick from the edge of the D it's been a while since we've had a Sam Hoskins bicycle kick prediction from you well there we go pops up every now and again well, every now and then they'll be right <laughs> FA Cup final about <laughs> yes <laughs> Right, that's all we've got time for this week. Thank you very much for joining myself, Neil, Danny and Chessie. Before you do go, can we please ask that you do go and rate and give us a five-star review of the podcast on iTunes or on podchaser.com. It would be really, really nice. We love seeing your reviews and we've had lots of really nice ones recently so we'd like to keep that going please if you can so that's on itunes or apple Podcasts as you prefer and podchaser.com which is a new one uh, we'll be back next week at some point we'll work out exactly when because of the derby game but until then thank you very much for joining us see you next time and come on cobblers Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me.